welcome to another episode of the Braveheart Lacrosse Show. You know, this is ridiculous stuff of saying, listen, this episode and every episode is about 30 to, you know, 20, 30 minutes long. You should put your headphones in, listen to this, and go hit the wall for 20 minutes. Like, the point of this is to get better. Hitting the wall, kind of boring. Go put your headphones in right now, and I, I can hear some kids in the back of their head rolling their eyes because of this ridiculous thing, but I was like, listen, if you're gonna go hit the wall outside, here's 20 minutes worth of conversation for you to get better at. Like, it's boring, you know, make it fun. We'll have on, you know, like I mentioned, the former. Okay, like I mentioned, we're here with Chris Shevins, 2015 graduate, Detroit Mercy. Um, he was a captain, all-conference, all-MAC, right? Yeah. <laughs> tell me, tell, some tell stuff. the people. Some stuff. We had accolades, all academic. Some stuff. Yeah, all we, that good yeah, stuff. Yeah, all the good stuff. And all the stuff that collects me, dust. Listen, yeah, it collects dust. <laughs> I mean, we all have our, our jerseys and our helmets hanging in our basement. Like, yeah. that's... Um, you know, that's awesome. But, okay, listen, I'll give you a second to introduce yourself if you would like. What team do you feel right now you're the most proud of that you played for, that you're going to play for? You let them know. Let the people know. They're listening. They're interested. Yeah, no, uh, I appreciate it. I think we got our own little, little car car podcasting car going here. I like I'm this. Gonna, this is I'm going to try to edit out the background noise, so don't yeah. worry. I'll, I'll be able to do that. I've done I this love before. it. No, appreciate it. Uh, glad to be here with you, rekindling old relationships and forging new ones. Um, yeah, Long Island guy. Grew up there, South Shore, Long Island. Came out to Detroit Mercy. Um, you know, went on from there. Played in the MLL for a little bit for a handful of teams. 2017, got to win a national championship down in Dallas, which was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, played some. Got picked up by the Nighthawks for a year in the NLL. Played some Senior B up in Canada um, and all that good stuff. A lot of teams, journeymen, and now just even more so, you know, more so building the landscape more than anything. You're heavily involved in sort of the, not heavily involved, you are the, uh, we brought up characters in Michigan of, of the lacrosse scene. You are the uh, head of the Michigan lacrosse box scene and, um, what would you call that, the, the, the uh, semi-professional lacrosse league in the United States. You are one of the main characters of that. Um, first of all, what are some of your successes? What are opportunities to get involved? How did this start? Let's start with how it start. How did this start in Michigan uh, for the box across scene? Yeah, so I think it began right after 2017 when I, you know, went to Nighthawks, you know, training camp, was part of that organization, and then came back, was playing a lot of senior B and making four-hour treks to the to the ILA or out to Western New York to play Can-Am senior B and. Uh, you know, those four-hour, five-hour trips take a toll on you <laughs> there and back. And I really wanted to help bring that scene back to Michigan, you know, maybe a little selfishly for myself to be able to play in a much closer location. But as things developed, um, it was really about creating something for people, one, postgraduate life to get involved in, 
and still have meaningful lacrosse for them after college. And then also from a youth perspective, you know, you see, you know, the famous quotes from Bill Tierney about box lacrosse and its benefits for young athletes. And I think that's, I felt as if box lacrosse provided a venue for younger athletes to help in their progression of the game. I think Michigan, in my time here, had a lot of great athletes and they were turning athletes into great lacrosse players. Um, And I think something that would help grow the IQ and really create genuine lacrosse players in the state was introducing box lacrosse because it really heavily focuses on IQ, quick decision making, um, stick skills, and those are a lot of things that help in youth development. So that's where it kind of initiated from. And uh, it started off really with probably four high school teams competing against each other and, um, you know, a men's team. And then, um, you know, I, I, I had gone down to Columbus with a couple of guys and played with the Crows, which were part of the IBLA at the time. And we decided, hey, I was literally in my, I think I was eating some Chinese food in my dining room with a buddy of mine and we're sitting there and we're like, well, maybe we'll wait till next year to create a team up here. And we're like, hey, who cares? Let's just start it. And so it just started literally, the hooligans started in our, uh, you know, dining room there or living room while watching TV. It was just two of us. And it just kind of grew from there and getting more people involved. That was the key is was just creating a nice solid base of people and friends and going from there. And it kind of branched out into what it was today um, simply by inclusion and spreading the word. And I think people fell in love with the game once they started playing it. Okay, and so now, obviously, today is uh, May 27th, uh, 2022. Um, what are some of the biggest you know, successes you've seen in, in so far since starting this? And uh, what are opportunities for kids? You know, you brought up youth kids to get involved. Uh, with box what are let's start with that what are some of the biggest successes you've seen so far whether it's at the youth or like you brought up uh the adult leagues and and then you know giving kids an opportunity to where do they go i'll have the links in the bio but um what are what are what are times of the year that you run you know what are what are you know some of the differences so yeah so i think from a metrics perspective um Detroit Hooligans now are in its fourth year, which is that sustainability has been great. Um, And you look at the first year and we had about, there was no tryouts. It was just a group of maybe 18, 20 guys who were all boys with each other and we loved playing. And some of us played high level box. Some of us didn't. We were all willing to learn. That's, that was where it originally started. So that was year one. Now going into year um, four, we had over 50 guys try out for the team. You know what I mean? So I think that's a huge success in spreading the lacrosse, uh, box lacrosse, you know, name out there in the state of Michigan. we got guys coming from all over, which is um, awesome to see. Um, so that's what the Detroit Hooligans were getting college guys involved, creating the next generation. So that's huge. Um, the other big thing that we run is uh, the Michigan Box Lacrosse League, and that was 
um, established in 2018. That's where it was literally two men's teams and a couple high school teams really just kind of scrimmaging each other in a box setting, but it's developed now um, in this last year. Uh, we had uh, six high school teams, we had two men's teams, and we had two U U14 Bantam or, or midget uh, you know level teams competing. And this this is the first year we introduced the uh, the Loken Cup, which is what the high school teams play for in memoriam of Bob Loken, a great figure in the Lake Orion lacrosse community, and how fitting it was for Lake Orion's high school team that competed to win, you know, compete out those other four or five teams and win it this year. Um, and then for the men's league, we've started the. Um, the Keepers Cup, and the Keepers Cup comes from um, the original Native American tribes in Michigan. One of their monikers was the Keepers of, I believe it was the Fire or something like that, and so we wanted to pay homage to the Native American roots of box across. So that's another league that we were running games for over, you know, six hours on Saturdays or Sundays, you know, over the winter of just continuous box lacrosse, and it was awesome. You know, we would have the high school games before the youth games and the men's games before the, the high school games, and each level got to watch the level above them as they came into the arena, and they got to see what they could aspire to. So I think that's a huge success, seeing each level see the level above them. Um, so yeah, those two things are running really well. And then another thing we started out here, I know a lot of different um, organizations have started box tournaments in Michigan, and I think that's fantastic. I know, you know, Origins does one out here, uh, Legacy or one of the other big companies does another one out here, and I think that's great because now all these Michigan teams are able to take their field players into the, the box arena and teach their kids those aspects of the game. But one thing uh, I take a lot of pride in that we were able to do is we started the Motor City Rumble back in 2020, right? And in 2020, we had uh, six teams come from all over the United States. Uh, we had teams from Brooklyn. We had teams from uh, Pittsburgh. We had teams from all over maybe the Midwest to the East Coast. And then in 2021, it expanded out. We had the sponsorship of Gatorade uh, for the second year. Um, we got a little bit more national attention with Lax All-Stars doing an article on it. Um, and we got up to um, eight to 10 teams from there. And I think one of the coolest things was we got a team from upstate New York. And this team that came out, right, we also had teams that were made up of players from Concordia College teams made up of players from Siena Heights. So these local teams, they got to play against teams from upstate New York's that had native players, players from the NLL, you know, in the past on these teams, and they got to compete against, you know, Native Americans for the first time in their life. These, you know, this is where the roots of the games come from. So it was really cool to kind of see that come together almost full circle, the game that all these kids are told about, you know, of people that live in a different part of the United States that they don't get to see play all the time. Now they came out to here and they got to see these, this level of play that was different from what they were used to. Um, so I think in terms of successes, um, you know, there's a metric side behind it in terms of more people getting involved, which is great. But I think along the way, uh, with box lacrosse, we've seen different 
people from all over Michigan be able to come together, whether it be post-collegiate, whether it be youth, and it's super cool when you see breaks in between games, guys talking to each other who have never met each other before that are still in the lacrosse community, but because of maybe where they came from, this and that, they never really knew of each other, and creating those networks and friendships and relationships, um, that's been some of the coolest parts of it. And, you know, the, there was one time at the most recent tryouts we had, we had a break in between a scrimmage portion of it, and I just looked around, and you had 50 or so guys who were from different parts of their backgrounds of lacrosse, played all the way from Division One to NAIA to MCLA, Division Two, whatever, and they were all there kind of yucking it up, having a good time with each other, laughing, reminiscing, and, and, and that's what some of the coolest uh, and most, uh, I guess, proud of successes I've had um, is just with those relationships being formed. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I went on no, the soapbox there. No, that's me. awesome. I'm glad to hear that, and it's exciting to... Uh, you know, see the growth not only of, of the sport, but um, you know, within that, some of the successes you've had, and you've driven it. Like that's that's awesome to see. And I was fortunate to you know play and and, and come to those uh, you know that yeah. league. And, and uh, I think it's really cool to see the younger kids you know pick that up, and, and uh, a lot of the high school guys really get fired up about more opportunities to play and. You know, you learn a different style while being on on the box, you know, in the rink, and and that's that's awesome. That's something that we didn't expose, get exposed to until in college, right? Like yeah. like you brought up when we were in high school, there was a one or two guys that were talking about you know box and like the the. We were so focused on field and like spent so much time doing field things that we really didn't, you know. We didn't get exposure to it until, like I said, college. And now to see that that grow and, and, and you know, make its way, especially in Michigan, you know, it's hard to find indoor field time for field guys, but there's definitely ranks and opportunities to get, you know, more opportunities to get a stick in hand and play. And, and, and so I think that that's awesome. Um, and I'll have a link in the bio, but if you want to give a plug, what, where, where can people find more information about, you know, getting involved? Whether it's a team that they have that they want to bring in some of the events, or you know, they're a young kid listening who wants to wants to start playing. Where, where do they go? Yeah. So the uh, Michigan Box Lacrosse League, the uh, MBLL, or the MI Box Lax League. Uh, that has an Instagram that we put a lot of our information on. Uh, there's also our website, um, MI Box Lax League, or just type in, you know, Michigan Box Lacrosse. Everyone, there's a link in the bio. Don't worry. Yep. You don't have to <laughs> spell it out. But sorry about that. That that that'll be. That's the website, and we put up. Apologize. It's okay. New that's, things on there, and we'll have uh, a, we'll we'll make it easy for people to find. Yeah. I, I do think this is awesome, and it's um, you know, it's it's really cool. Like you said, whether it's finding new opportunities to get on the, you know, get better. It's it's introducing yourself to new yeah. people. Uh, it's a really cool opportunity, and and. I support it. That's why I wanted. To, I'm glad you're you're able to come on. Okay. And it throws a little variety in there, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Throws variety from just playing the field game all the time. Box provides. You know, the ball's always live, right? You know, the subbing is kind of like hockey. 
So, you know, un, unlike in field where there's sometimes, you know, your defense and attack and you're sitting on the backside, there's none of that. It's like hockey. You're constantly involved in the play. So it, there's constant ball movement. There's constant repetition. So it's a lot of touches. Um, and the play is very, uh, you know, nonstop. So a lot of variety. This episode is brought to you by the official sponsor of the Braveheart Lacrosse Show. Omnia Lacrosse. Whether you're in Grand Rapids, Hazlitt, Metro Detroit, Traverse City, Alma, Omnia Lacrosse is the premier club lacrosse program in the state of Michigan. I wouldn't say this if I didn't believe it. That's why I coach for them. They are the top lacrosse program in the state of Michigan for club lacrosse. So whether you're looking to just get started an entry-level playing, or you want to take your game to the next level and go on the recruiting tournaments, Omnia Lacrosse is the club program for you. Check out their website at omnialacrosse.com or use the link on on my website, Braveheart Lacrosse Show, uh, to find out what opportunities are available. You're coaching this year um, Michigan High School Lacrosse. Some of your thoughts about your team's season, some of the success you saw, some of the thoughts you have on Michigan High School lacrosse in general. Let's start off with your team's season. How did it go? What were some highs? What were some lows? Uh, what would you like to give shout out to the boys? Yeah, no, I think uh, resiliency was the uh, mantra. Uh, you know, COVID year kind of hit us hard. We didn't have a lot of seniors. Um, I don't think the win total is indicative of how far the team has come over the season. Um, We have a lot of young talent that we're hoping to develop, but last year was really the time they would have got her the year before, and COVID really hit that hard. So I think post-COVID, there's a lot of people who are excited to play, and we really got to take advantage of those times. But, you know, we went into playoffs, and we we won a, you know, quarterfinal game and then we played a tough semi-final game and ended up losing uh you know a close game at times and then it got away from us um but but honestly for them it's it's their improvement from day one to the last day is what i was the most proud of these kids consistently got better they remained coachable right they they wanted to get better and for me that's that's a huge success in itself you're going to have the ebbs and flows of seasons year to year um, but their willingness to get better is something I'm very excited about going into next year um, and how committed some of these kids are. And there's a reinvigoration of the passion for the game, especially with our younger players now. Um, and that's super exciting to see. Um, yeah, so that would do with my team, so to speak. That's awesome. And, okay, Michigan lacrosse as a whole, what have been your observations this season? Who's been good? Who are some teams that you thought would have been better? Uh, some teams to watch out for in the playoffs? Yeah, I think we're, uh, I think... Don't just list out Brother Rice. No, 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 no. Um, they're having a down year, right? Is that... No, we I'm never scared. have down years. We never have down years. <laughs> Uh, no, you know, I'm, I'm really impressed with some of the public schools. I think that's yeah. a big thing for Michigan is really raising the caliber of the public school. Yeah. I think that's a very big uh, topic that I think I think is a lot in a lot of people's minds. You've seen the Catholic schools dominate year after year. And while I think that's great, um, 
I think because we're starting to see, you know, Heartland, yep. Lake Orion, Canton this yep. year, right? Granville, Saline, South, Saline, Lyon, yeah. South Lyon, Plymouth, even yep. at you're starting to see these uh, Hazlitt, you know, you're starting to see these public schools really start to rise in terms of uh, the caliber of their players and their team concepts, yep. which is huge. And I think for the overall growth of lacrosse in Michigan, that's going to be the biggest um, pivot point, I think, to see the overall sport grow in the state. Yep. You know, and so and that's great to see. That is great to see, in my opinion. Who, uh, who would you say was the toughest team you saw this year went up against? Um, you know, Stony Creek has a very young team. We saw them very young. Um, again, the area, a lot of those kids are playing outside of, you know, just the spring season. I yep. think that showed. Um, I think um, Oxford's pretty young and up and coming. Yeah. They should have been you know, pretty yeah, good. good athletes yeah. in that area. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. I mean, those two kind of stuck out. Um, there was definitely more teams this year that definitely showed they were more well-rounded. I think over the last five or six years, I've noticed teams that perennially have maybe their one or two really good ball handlers and stuff like that. Now you're seeing these teams, hey, now that starting six can all move the ball, yeah. right? And now you're introducing these higher-level team concepts, and that's exciting to see for the sport. Um, how was it going up against our buddy Bo, Bo Pickens, Coach Bo? I'm excited. I think what's really cool about uh, the younger generation of coaches is that we're all very kind of close-knit and yeah. uh, t- tight with each other, so to speak, in yeah. layman's terms. Um, Bo, I think, I think putting in younger coaches really invigorates the younger kids on teams and really can invigorate a program. And I think him bringing... Was, was he out there suiting up in warm-ups, hitting the kids? Was he suited up, giving, getting in line drills? No, he wasn't one of those guys. That rips on the goalie before the game, <laughs> taking ten-yard step-downs on kids. Um, but he was excited. He was out there, I think, in like a sweater vest type of look. Yeah. He may have He's been going Jim Dressel. I think he might have. He had the stretchy sweatpants on in the Harbaugh uh, fashion. Geez. Lululemons, I think, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I don't I'm know. I'm sure he's bringing the heat. But yeah. Uh, but no, he's doing Both a pickles. great job over there, Bo. Uh, it was great. I had to go against him, and I think with younger and younger guys getting involved in the coaching scene in high school. It's only going to be great yeah. for the game. I yeah. think we bring a new perspective to the sport. We can bring a reinvigoration to the sport. And I think what he's doing over at Adams, they always get good athletes and they have a good youth programs over the years. Um, I'm excited to see what he can do there. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Shout out Coach Bo. Coach Bo Pickens. <laughs> get him going out there, Bo. Um JD Hess, those boys coming up. I think that we're going to ep- air this episode first uh, yeah. because, so anyway, well, that doesn't matter about the logistics. Everyone just listen to me. Go Hogs. Go, go on. Go Hogs. That's his thing. Go Hogs. That's any, that's I don't know where thing. it comes from. He'll have to explain. Uh, I try to get him on and have yeah. a bit. But they got a, they got a game coming up against uh, Country Day here. They're going to have themselves a little, little showdown there. Uh, I thought they're the Archers or the 
Ah. I think it, I think it's an inside thing. I think it's an I think inside we're on thing. The outside. I like the uh, yeah. I mean, I was he wanted me on that inside on that team, and I just he's got Matt Turner there. over there coaching. They got I think Turnbull, Turndaddy out there, yeah. and uh, they got a good staff out there. Yeah. Uh, and, but like you said, JD bringing in new new blood, and that's yeah. awesome to see. Um, and, and good luck, good luck, boys. That's gonna be a tough fight there. Um, and there was a fight today, not a fight, but you know, good little tussle. I was out at the C Home UD game, and my goodness, the parents at C Home and UD, crazy. That was a whole nother level. They showed up. It seemed like the whole city of Birmingham was there uh, rooting on those boys. Um, C Home's got a face off guy. Uh, I want to say Logan. I think it's his name, Logan. I worked with him. He's good. Uh, he's out there. Um, I think he's going to Detroit, actually, as a matter yeah, of fact. I think so. He, um, so he was doing well, and that's going to be a, a, a success if they can if they can continue on. Uh, I think they would meet up against Rice that, uh, you know, they would be able to leverage because, let's be honest, Rice does not have the, listen, against Livonia Stevenson, or the Livonia United team, sorry, they, they did great. And I'm sorry, but they cut the game, for anyone who doesn't know, Rice beat Livonia. They cut the game after the third quarter because they were up like 26 to 1. Uh, shout out to my cousin, though. He did get in. It was great. We had a little family time at the game. Got to uh, spend some time together, and that's always fun. Um, uh, Marcus was out there playing, and, and uh, there's another kid, actually, Chris Zelenka. I went to grade school with him. His brother was on the team, so it was kind of funny seeing his uh, his, uh, his family that I hadn't seen in, like, 10 years. But anyway, I'm getting a little carried away here, re- reminiscing over my, my glory days, but... You know, watching the high school playoffs, like I said, Brother Rice isn't unbeatable. They are, they are, they are. Um, you know, they've lost games out of state. They can lose games. You know, if someone has a face-off guy that can help get some possessions, make it, you know, sort of dominate at that X. Not to say that I'm rooting for the downfall, but I'm just giving an observation of where I see Brother Rice's weakness. And but listen, somebody in Rice program listens to this. If you want to get time and you know be a starter in that program, just like I did, you just go and take a hundred face-offs a day. <laughs> listen, I know you're laughing at this, but this is how you do it. Yep. Believe me, because I did it. Uh, you go take a hundred face-offs a day, especially if you're like a freshman or a sophomore. You will dominate at that position. You do it every day, and you own that. Say, listen, this is my this is my thing. I am gonna take. I'm gonna. I am going to own this position. You will make your way uh, and and go get yourself uh, one of these championships. Uh, and that's where I feel that that is a real real opportunity at Rice. So. Um, Anyway, talking about high school playoffs, you got any other thoughts? Any teams that you think uh, you know might be on the lookout? What 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 do you, what do you got out there? Any players you're watching out for? Give the people what they want to hear. Yeah, no, I'm excited to see some uh, some. 
Blue Blood programs, you know, obviously have success, but I think there's some other programs, and you're starting to see players from yeah. some of these blue-collar programs, so to speak. Celine, like, baby. You have Celine. I mean, even look at a team like Romeo. Romeo. You, listen, I've been talking about you Romeo. Have, People making fun of me because I said Romeo. Look at, watch out, Romeo. They, watch out. They lost. I know. But I think their future is bright. You have uh, Mike Lakowski yep. going to Detroit Mercy. You have um, uh, Von Hillmeyer. Yep. Right? He's going to Florida Southern. Right? These are big recruits coming out of Romeo. Bro. Who would have thought Romeo? And then you have other programs that are starting to gain popularity and some momentum. Cast Tech in their second year. They made it playoffs. They won a handful won, yeah. of games this Good year. For them. You know what I mean? That's and, awesome. And they have a player going to Detroit Mercy, yeah. uh, Phoenix, you know, over there. And so I think you're starting to see, again, with the younger coaches getting involved, there's a lot of passion. Everybody is very willing to work with each other. And you're starting to see the benefits of it being the lacrosse scene in general. Yeah. And you're starting to see a lot more programs pop up and, and start to have success. Okay, um, so we'll keep that we'll keep that episode in with this next part. Uh, let's transition away from Michigan High School and move into thoughts on the uh, first of all the college season and predictions for this weekend for Division One. I got, called Rutgers. You called Rutgers. I called Rutgers weeks ago. Look at this weeks, guy. So I had the pleasure of hosting a Big Ten calling a Big Ten Network game. I heard about this. Against, it was Maryland and Michigan, and I called it with um, uh, a buddy of mine, Nick, right? And so he and I called that game, and we talked about Michigan and how dominant they were, and we said, okay, on Nick the Nick Sacamone? Nick, uh, <laughs> Nick Sacamone. It was Nick... Uh, He's going to be mad now that I forgot. Oh, it okay. starts with a Z. I know it starts with a Z. Zoroya, Nick Zoroya and I. Thank you, right? Nick Zoroya. He's, he's been doing a fantastic job and uh, does a great job with the call play-by-play for the Big Ten Network. And so um, Big Ten Network, I think you guys should definitely get involved with the Braveheart podcast in Maybe some we'll fashion. You Thank know? you for that. We'll see. Yeah, you never know. I um, like talking about lacrosse on the internet. But we talked about who in the remaining schedule might have the opportunity to do well against Maryland and I brought up that Rutgers would have a decent chance because of their style of play so I'm just gonna say it's been riding it out that it's been called it's been called so you're you're you think that they're gonna you think we're gonna have a Big Ten championship matchup I think it's definitely possible I think it's definitely possible it is definitely possible Rutgers has swagger they're um Listen, they're good. They're good. So there were some people who thought they weren't going to be good this year, but they're pretty good. Um, so we'll ride that out. I like that. Do you have any other thoughts? Uh, Detroit had a not a great season. Detroit was very young. Yeah. Listen, we'll say we're alumni. Yeah. Detroit was young. They stunk. It wasn't great. Tough to watch. Tough to watch. You Tough know, to as watch. Alumni, at times. As an alumni, we weren't perfect either, but that no. was rough. And um, okay, we we spoke on that. Um, 
confidence in chaos is what they need. Yeah, I mean, they just they just couldn't clear the ball. Like, no. They were terrible at clearing the ball. I don't know what you want me to tell you. Yeah. Because they, they were, we went quarters. We went quarters where we couldn't get it over the restraining line. Our restraining, we couldn't yeah. get the ball up over there. So, what do you, what do you think attests to that? Just experience? Yeah, I mean, Game listen, time? listen, I keep saying it all year. We have had four, we had, of our defense, we had three of the four guys were freshmen. Yeah, that's right. On the, so, like, this is very, you know, you go from, one, they haven't played together as many seasons together, and number two, now we're talking about, um, have we got pizza in the oven? I don't know why that keeps going off. How often does this go off? I don't know. Is your life is Anyway, listen. I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm just giving you a hard time. The pizza's done. (laughs) The pizza rolls are ready. Um, the, uh, The idea here is that... You know, in college, the riding and clearing game for some teams, especially think of like Bill Tierney, like riding is more important than shooting. Like, shoot as much as you want. We're going to bust our butts and ride and get the yeah. ball back. Like, that is the way they play. They don't care if they turn it over. Yeah. You you care if you don't get the ride back. And you want to stand out as an attackman. Be a great, great riding rider, attack. Great rider, great rider. So that's the point is here. We ride at dawn. Like, yeah. that day, we... There are teams dedicated to this intense ride situation. Yeah. Get the ball, and when you have freshmen who are, you know, no offense to Michigan or you know high school lacrosse in general, yeah. I don't think that the riding and clearing game is as high level as as a, as a focus. So you know, a lot of kids just sort of aren't, aren't as exposed to high level clears in, and, in and high school. And the speed at which it happens. So yeah, the speed at which it happens. It's, you know? it's incredible. But um, the point is. That transition is that that part of the game is a big transition yeah. going from high school to lacrosse, and or high school to college. Sorry, and so I think that that is really what happened. You know, we just couldn't get possessions. I mean, we yeah. would go quarters where the ball wouldn't even touch the other side. So I'm not here to beat down on Detroit. Like no. I love it, I support it. Donor, you know, look at this thing I got. I'm in the Titan Club here, look bang baby, um, on the board. Uh, but so so the point here is. You know, we're looking forward to next year yes. for the Detroit Titans. We're going to be fired up, and we're coming out swinging. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, this se- this weekend, let's see, I've been uh, over 75% in my predictions for college lacrosse this year. Uh, this weekend, we did see Maryland beat up Virginia. I knew some people were sort of speculating, is this going to be a closer game than it was in the season? Um, who else did I call last week? I called the Rutgers win. Um, oh, one thing I gotta address. Hello, everyone in there. I was wrong about the oh, uh, the total points scored in the Yale Princeton game. They were on pace, and these goalies had an incredible, in like record-breaking yeah. saves for that game. Like incredible. If you're a goalie, listening to me, or if you're a parent of a goalie, go back, get them, and watch the. Yale Princeton game because that was unbelievable. I mean, unbelievable how uh, successful those team, those goalies were, uh, in in and how big of a piece they played. Now, again, they scored what twenty four points, twenty five points, but 
what a game, what a game. And so I was wrong, hand up. Again, I went, what, four or three for four last weekend? That's okay. Uh, <laughs> I I just really thought there were going to be more points, and there were. I mean, we were, we were seven goals in the first six minutes of yeah. the game. It was wild, like bang, bang, shootout. And Yale all year had consistently done that. Um, but, you know, they just, the fourth quarter sort of things died down. People got too hot. I don't know what they were doing. They're burning the candle on both ends. So um, that that was my recap of last week. And like we said, this week, I do like Rutgers. I'll ride with you on Rutgers. This, yeah, this Princeton-Maryland game, though, I haven't looked at what the score is going to be, but I don't think it's going to be, I don't know, man. I think that this is going to be more of a strategic game, right? Because this was the closest goal differential yep. game that Maryland yes. had all year. Yeah, they played them early on, yeah. and it was very close. It was very close, and that was the closest all year. Yep. Closer than Maryland played. It was like 11-9? Yeah, something, something like that. that. Maybe maybe 14-11. I don't know, yeah. something like that. But you're right. A couple, Just a couple goals, and I think this game is going to be more strategic for yes. than, and, and, you know, what do I know? What do we know? We don't know anything. But that's how I would see this game going is Maryland, Maryland, I think, has a clear advantage. But I don't think it's going to be a, you know, a, a, a 20 to 3 goal differential. No. And I don't think it's going to be as high scoring. I really feel like these teams are going to draw out, really value the shots that they take. Um, I think Prince is going to have long possessions. Long possessions, looking for the best shot on this team, uh, looking for the best shot on this goalie because they're not going to go in all the time like this. This is just just a game where they have to be very value-the-ball conscious and... You know, they, they not even the value of the shots, they don't want Maryland to get a lot of shots, right? Like, they yeah. do not want Maryland to be shooting because they've been lights out. Yep. And their efficiency their efficient. on offense yeah, is incredible. On offense incredible. Is, like, their shot on goal versus how many go in yeah. is so high, that percentage. So, that's those are my thoughts. I think that the Maryland Princeton game is going to be, you know, less than, I'm going to say, 25 points. And I think that. Uh, I think that the Cornell Rutgers game, right? Yeah. R- Rutgers is run and gun. I like Rutgers. You know, I like I think them. It might I be... like them. I like this matchup. I think it's going to be awesome. Um, I'm probably going to ride with Rutgers on this, like you said. I think just money line there going to be the pick, but. Uh, yeah, it's going to be awesome to watch. It's going to be an incredible weekend, and I'm pretty fired up for it. So, um, thank you, everyone, for listening. What else would you like to talk about? We, we went over a lot of topics here. I was going to wait until after on the ride back to cover our the event that we're going to participate. Oh, we'll cover, and then we'll and then we'll cover the games too. Cause-